0: Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus, pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up today I have a wonderful guest. You are going to love him and I know he's going to touch your heart. We have Dr. Fernando Cabrera. So happy to have you, Fernando.
1: Oh, it's a joy to be here with you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I just want to share with the audience a little bit about everything that you've accomplished. It really would take me the whole show, but I'm going to give a little background. He has actually served as the New York City Council member of the 14th District in the Bronx since 2010, and you've also you're serving right now as the senior pastor of New Life Outreach in the Bronx since 19. Should I say the year?
1: 88. No shame, no shame.
0: (laughs) And he is a former program director of the mental health and counseling graduate program of Mercy College, where you also taught there for 12 years. You earned your BA in religion from Southern California College. An M.A. from Liberty University. That's where my daughter graduated from. And you're doctorate in counseling from Argosy University. But um, I love this. You're married to a very good friend of mine, Elvia Cabrera. And you have wonderful kids. You also are a grandfather of five. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You actually were my youth pastor back in the day. I'm not going to give that year. (laughs) I'm just going to let that be. But you are right in the heart of New York. So from the moment the COVID broke out, boy, we were thinking about you guys. Can you just fill us in with what is happening?
1: Well, Rosi, it was uh, one of the most difficult things uh, that we have ever seen here in New York City. My son came down with COVID-19. When I got the news, it rattled me uh, it, because he was one of the first cases in the Bronx. Uh, and not just him all of my pastors in my church, I have seven pastors and six of them also came down. My grandchildren, my son and daughter-in-law, most of the leaders in our church, I mean, it spread like wildfire. And back then, you know, 90 days ago, we didn't have the knowledge of what we have right now. As little that we know right now, even then we knew less. So It was tough. It was really tough. at My district, uh, which I represent, it keeps fluctuating between number one and sometimes number two or three in the highest cases in the city. So we're literally in the epicenter. We've seen a lot of people just pass away. We had over, a lot of people don't know this in the nation, we had over 100 pastors bishop, chaplains, and minister die as a direct result of COVID-19. I have friends right now, they're in the hospital, the ICU, who are in the, they're in the pastorship, and we have 75 rabbis die as a result of COVID-19. So we were taken by surprise in New York City. You know, New York, we, especially in the Bronx, we see ourselves as Bronx strong, and mm-hmm. uh, but this because totally by surprise. You know,
0: I don't think there's anything that could have prepared any of us for this. In fact, you know, I remember here in our church, we did a big event, a vision board. And we were talking about everything we thought was going to happen in 2020. And you, nothing you could have told me, I don't think there was any preparation that the entire year would shift to this, and it's caused so much anxiety, and it's caused uh, panic in people. You know, people are separated, and they're going through depression. This is something that you handle on a day-to-day basis, but how did you approach that being a father? You you have to lift up an entire city. I mean, how many people are just in your district
1: alone? In my district, we have about 170,000 people who live in my district, and so, and then, you know, still working with the city council, with the administration, with the mayor's office, with the governor's office uh, to try to get help. It was very frustrating, Rosas As a matter of fact, I was quite upset because I felt that at every governmental level, we let down the people in terms of testing. If we had enough testing back then, we would have been able to contain it. We wouldn't be able to do the tracing that was required. And I realized after a week that they have given up on that. I realized that they were pretty much trying to just spread the cases so the hospitals wouldn't be overwhelmed. And they actually became overwhelmed. All of our hospitals went total overload, including right here in the Bronx. Uh, and I have nurses in my church who are relating to stories. Uh, we have one death in our church. Uh, we had a few that they were almost there. I have to tell you, Rosalina. We have some churches here that lost thirteen members twenty one members I, I tell you what helped me. what helped me was i 've been in so many crisis um uh, situations like the uh earthquake in Haiti. I was there in Puerto Rico. The the hurricane there, and then the earthquake that just happened. Nine eleven.
0: Uh, you were 9/11. one of the 11. first chaplains. I, I remember that that you were right there in Ground Zero.
1: Yeah, and, you know, when nine eleven happened, I was kind of uh, like in a shock. I was uh, I was like that deer facing that car coming, and I realized that the first thing you got to do is not panic. You just take a step back and say, okay. What do we need to do? Uh, People are going to be anxious. Uh, People are going to be fearful. And you need a voice. You need a word. You need a word from God. A teaching won't be enough. And so I started calling upon the Lord for a word. And I have to tell you, Rosa, God gave me a word that was so clear. And that was that God was shutting it down. Hmm. Uh, You know, whenever you see... Often, not always, but often in the Bible, whenever you see plagues coming upon a nation or upon a city, you, you saw that God was after the idols. You look at Egypt when, and during the Exodus, there were 10 plagues. Each of those plagues went after an idol. So you have the idol that was a frog idol. You can go to all of them. Every theologian could tell you this. And... Here, the Lord went after the idols. uh, I can tell you in New York City, that is the golden calf and and pride. And I tell you, there has been a sense where people are starting to realize that they make things too big Mm. uh, before God. I have never seen such a hunger in New York City for Jesus. I've never seen so many people from government and the business world. There was the, the hunger that people have, the desperation for more of Jesus. And I believe that the Lord did this to call of our attention. Here's my fear. Uh, My fear is that the church will open up. People will come just like they did in 9-11. Our churches were jam-packed. Three weeks later, most of those people were gone. We have to be ready. We have to have a, a sanctuary that is filled of the presence of God, the power of God. We got to go back to basics. That's we got to right. go back to the foundation that when people walk in, it'd be like First Corinthians chapter fourteen, where it says that non-church people will experience the presence of God so strongly they will bow down and say, "This is the one thing he says that he it says." It's one of the few places in the Bible. Well, we get to see what a service looks like, a God service, a God's own service, because right. you know, bow down and say, God is here. Mm. And our non-church people be able to come to a church and say, God is here. I found Jesus. I have an encounter with Jesus. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. And we have seen, uh, you know, the prophetic word that Pastor David Wilkinson gave uh, that we were going to go through this. I mean, it's such a detail. And but that a third awakening were to happen in America. May we be ready for that third awakening. Well,
0: you know, that's such a good word of truth. And you know, in my heart. I felt like the Holy Spirit was already working in my heart and my mind to just witness and pray and be ready with that word. And that when people are near us, they can sense the Holy Spirit. But, you know, I kind of felt like my heart was grieved with how America was going, that we have just churches become such a production. That you don't feel, you know, back in the day. I mean, I grew up back in the Schombach days when we were under a tent, and when we wanted a miracle, we would go forward and we saw the power of God transform lives. And you remember our church actually started somewhat on the street and then under a tent. And when you would feel chills. You could feel the power of the Holy Spirit driving up to that location. And it is easy even as a pastor. You know, I think as pastors, some of us, we need to repent because you can get into the, you know, the production of church and you can forget about the movement that transforms lives. And if I take anything away from this season is that we need to get ready um, you and I have preached on the streets of New York back in the day and, and in many right. countries during missions, and we have to get ready. And, and like you said, you know, what, you know, what is that word that we are hearing from God,
1: you know, you right know, now? I, I tell you, uh, back in 2019, the Lord started speaking to me. It was such a, such a powerful word that I didn't want to tell anybody because it sounded so ridiculous. You know, what's ridiculous when it's not happening, is prophetic once it comes to pass. Right? Come on, Noah. <laughs> and, Noah,
0: and we
1: that told, we told, Exactly. Let me tell what the Lord began to put in my heart. The Lord spoke to me that, that we, we had gone through seven years in New York City of the fat cows. Mm. But that we're going to enter now to seven years of skinny cows that are going to eat the fat cows. This, is, this thing that is happening is not going to happen overnight. I tell you that, that I was so hesitant that, uh, to share that, and I keep hearing it from the Lord that I didn't even want to share with church. I finally share it, and all I got was crickets. Well,
0: now everybody can remember
1: that word that you gave. I remember sitting with the mayor of the city of New York, There were some uh, the council members, when he's presented their preliminary budget. And he said, we just went through seven years of prosperity, and the Lord spoke to me again. And he said, and now I, saw, I told you we're going to go through seven years of the skinny cows. We had to become good stewards, good managers, because when that happened during Joseph's time, the favor of God was upon God's people. This is not a time for us to be fearful. This is the greatest moment of the modern church of Jesus Christ, where Amen. we can stand bold and in confidence in knowing. None of this took God by surprise. Let me share another thing that the Lord spoke to me, and that is at the very beginning. Rosa, I was concerned about the church. There's not a pastor that didn't say, "Oh my Lord, they shut down the churches. How are He's we going right. to pay for you know our mortgages, our staff, our the bills? You know, keep coming in. You know, you can send a prayer to the uh, to the bills. You know, here we have Con Edison. Con Edison don't take prayers." But the Lord spoke to me very loud and clear. He said to me, Fernando, I am the pastor of this church. You're the only shepherd but I am the pastor. I will take care of my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. And I have to tell you, when I released the church to God, I said, God, this is your church. This is not my church. When I did that, there was just such a release in my spirit And at the same time, uh, I saw God open doors, unbelievable doors for our church, and God has sustained His church.
0: What you are saying, I know that that's the undertone of so many pastors. You know our ministry based out of Richmond. You know the mouths that we feed, the men and the women we take off of the streets. You Mm -hmm. know, whether there is 10 people, you know, they were telling us 10 people. Those people don't go away. You know, we have a hundred beds dedicated to men and women. And you, I'm telling you, as pastors, the first thing I thought of is, all the income is going to turn off. How are we going to continue? And that same word, it was like, wait a minute, this is my ministry. I'm the provider. And I literally went through, and I'm just I'm being as honest as I can, two weeks where I tell you, I and I've told people I thought I had COVID because I had shortness of breath from anxiety. Uh, when I began to look at the buildings and the people and how we were going to pull that all together. And in an instant, I actually had something go wrong in my home. um, And they said, we got to power it down. And it had something to do with the septic. And they said, you got to go. And God just let that be a little release for me to go away. I went to our ranch, you know, where we have that Christian retreat center. And I was there alone for two days and a calmness came over me right away. And I just knew that God was in control, but this was more of an opportunity to go out and share the love of Jesus Christ with people. Because in these moments, you're right. You know, in these moments, people, they end up going, um, they fill the churches, they fill the pews. Uh, You notice you're hearing a lot of the old hymns, you know, people went back to the old hymns. There is security in that. And so the question is, how does the Christian then, what do we need to do to be prepared for this really a divine moment that even through this tragedy, God is positioning us to be the hope and the grace and the life and the love that people need right now? What should we do as Christians?
1: You know, that's a great, excellent question, uh, Rosa. I, I think, you know, we have heard that, The church is the hope of the world. I think that God is revising that. And now is the mobilized church is the hope of the world. This is not the time to stay home and to be shy and to be scared and to say, oh, my God, uh, what's going to happen? This is the time for the church to mobilize. You know, in 1918, when they had the great influence of the Spanish flu, as they called it, uh, they, you know, who was burying the only group of people that was willing to bury the dead? It was seminary students who were going to seminary to be pastors. Even back then, it was the church that stepped out. You know, in our church right now, we already have passed mass. Uh, we have assisted food pantries and other ministries who, where the pastors and the congregants were got sick. We went and. And, and help them out, we sent a crew. People who already had COVID-19, they had the antibodies, they're in the best position. <laughs> you know, I told them, well, I'm, I'm kind of glad you had it early so you can go and help out. And we had given food, literally we have the biggest armory in the entire world. It, we had a line of people for food that wrapped all the way around the entire armory because people are just so desperate uh, nowadays and so many people the second thing I, I have to tell you and that is the reason why we get anxious is because we don't feel certain the Bible says we live by faith and not by sight and I, I think what happens a lot of times we get our eyes on what's happening around us but mm. we are not we're trusting more what we see than what we heard and true faith is when I'm certain of what God has said. Now you're gonna give me preaching. If come on, somebody. Certain, you know <laughs> that what God said will come to pass. And all things, do we really believe that all things were for good for them that love God? And the reason I could believe in God's plan is because I could believe in God's goodness in Romans 8:32, that most people don't read, which says, if God did not spare his own son where he will hold anything else so you could so you could make it. I'm here to tell every Christian, you're gonna make it, you're gonna make it however long you're here for, you're gonna make it and, and so make a donation in life. This is the time for us to plant seeds. The best time to plant in the kingdom of God is is during desperate time, is during famine time, is during the time that we feel that we're lacking. God says, This is the time to plan and to pour out your life into others?
0: Well, you know what? Fernando, you have got us fired up today, and I pray that every listener is looking for the opportunity to make their mark for Jesus. You know, whether you're in the grocery line, uh, whether you are, doesn't matter where you are, whoever comes in, you know, you know, my husband, we always had a a saying, we had a three-foot rule. If you're within, now it needs to be six feet. If you're within six feet of me, you are going to hear that Jesus is more than enough, that he can carry us through the situation, but more than that, looking for the opportunity to tell them, not just, I'm going to pray for you. You know, we do that as Christians. Oh, give me your prayer request. I'm going to pray for you. But Mm -hmm. to pray for you on the spot and to Mm -hmm. ask them, you know, the other day I had somebody that had written in and it blessed me. Um, They were a, not only a daughter of a pastor, but the grandfather was a pastor. The great grandfather was a pastor, but she had turned away from the Lord. But she was a nurse on the front line. And for some reason, she said something is just drawing me to the cross. And wow. so, you know what? Instead of just sending a text, sending a DM, you know what? I, I said, please give me your number. And I was able to lead her to the Lord. And you know what, Fernando? I believe there's people that are waiting for us as Christians to lead them to the Lord in Absolutely. this season.
1: One of the things, Rosa, that we did, we literally called every single member in the church. And then we call every person that has ever been to our church uh, as far as back as we have records for to follow up on them. Uh, One of the things that Christians could do right now is to adopt your neighbors. Adopt six in the front of you and three and three to the side of you. Uh, Adopt 12 people, 12 families and say, we're here for you. Is there any needs that you have? Do you need prayer? Do you need food? Why can we be of help? What resources? And if I don't have it, I'll tap you into our church. Imagine if we were to multiply ourselves by 10 and 12, every church member. This is the time to reach out because people tend to talk to Jesus during transitions or during crisis or during trauma in their lives. So this is the moment to do so.
0: It is the moment. And we are excited. You know what? I can listen to this all day long. You're giving us ideas. And one of the things that we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to meet again. And we're gonna do some more series with the doc. And um, we're gonna get him on here because, you know, another topic that you just have helped people is in family counseling. So we want to, especially in this season, we wanna bless people and help you walk through steps that will deliver you, raise you up, set your feet upon a rock so that their fear will not be taking over your home, your household. But I'm gonna take that challenge. You have challenged me today to go after my neighbor. See, a lot of times I'll go after other people, but you know, I didn't think about just the people on my street. And you know what? I'm gonna take that challenge. I hope you guys will too. I hope you enjoyed today's program. And when we put our trust in God, he will always fuel our faith. If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, make sure you click below and join us as we grow in God's Word. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's Word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.